Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. We declare by your word and by your spirit that this is the day that you have made. And indeed, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we want to thank you for your presence that is already here. I ask that by your spirit, you continue to lead us. Father, I pray that as your word will come, that you will grant me the grace and the utterance to boldly declare your word. And I pray for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl that hears the sound of my voice. Let it not be me, but let it be you. And I, Father, I pray that you will give to them wisdom and understanding that the word will become plain to their heart and to their spirit. Father, I pray that this word will bring an empowerment in their spirit. This word will activate your power within them. And this word will release every benefit, every blessing that is destined for them today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for I give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. And somebody say amen. Now let's go into the word of the Lord. You know, we are always limited with time. But I'm waiting for that day, like in the days of the book of Acts of the Apostle, when Paul preached all night, and somebody fell from the window, broke their neck and died. And Paul had to resurrect the person back and continue preaching until dawn. I wonder if you do that today, I, everybody will leave you in church and leave the pastor in church. <laughs> but that is to tell you how hungry and desperate they were for the word of the Lord. Amen. Now, we've been dealing on this subject of spiritual empowerment and the daughter of Antony said she has got too much of spiritual empowerment and it's like she has eaten and known the back and front of the whole thing. I wonder how many of us are really like that and say, wow. I think I've received so much in the last two days that if you've been in this meeting in the last two days, you can't tell me that you don't understand spiritual empowerment. Because Apostle JC did an excellent job here. Prophet uh, did an excellent job yesterday trying to open this thing up for us to understand spiritual empowerment. And of course, I dealt on spiritual empowerment. Let me summarize that. I dealt on what is spiritual empowerment for us to understand spiritual empowerment. I also touched on the aspect of what is the purpose for spiritual empowerment and also how do we receive spiritual empowerment. I think with something I'm gonna to touch on today should be how do we activate the power of God that is already in you. Come on, are you with me? So let's understand this. Let me quickly go through. I said a clear definition of spiritual empowerment will help us to understand its purpose. Spiritual empowerment, I said, is the granting of spiritual powers or divine powers and authority by God through his spirit to empower us to function or to perform a call of duty. So spiritual empowerment is divine power, all right? That is why it's spiritual. It's not natural power, spiritual power. So if it is spiritual, it is not of this world. 
Come on, are you with me? It is something that supersedes or something that is higher beyond this world into the realms of the spirit. But yet, there is an assignment God has placed upon us that must be fulfilled here on earth. And for that assignment to be fulfilled, we need the grace, the ability, the power of God that will enable us to be able to do the things that God has assigned us to do. One of the reasons why we need spiritual empowerment is because there will always be a spiritual opposition by the enemy against us to hinder us from fulfilling God's divine purpose for our lives. And therefore you and I need the backing of the power of God that when we stand, we do not come in our name, but we come in a name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus, and to fulfill the mandate of God upon our lives. Come on, amen. amen. So, but this is what I want us to touch a little bit today. Because I said this yesterday, to a great extent, Many are ignorant of the kind of power and the measure of this power that we have at our disposal. Because most of us talk about the power of God, the power of God, and some of us don't fully understand the power of God. And even though we talk about the power of God, most of us don't understand the measure of that power that is available to us. And whenever you are ignorant of the power of God, is it Gideon in the Bible that the angel appeared to? And the angel came to that mighty man of valor. <laughs> and Gideon said, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> and he began to ask the question, where are the miracles that our father spoke to us about? Where is the manifestation of the promises of God? And all these things are here we are in the backside, threshing things and hiding from the enemy. And the angel looked at him and said, Thou mighty man of earth, arise and with you I will bring deliverance to this nation. And he said, Me? <laughs> I don't think you got the right man. Because you must understand, my family is the least of all the families. So if God wants to use somebody, it's not going to be my family, and it's not even going to be me, the least in my least family going to come from one rich family or some other place. No, 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 no. The Lord said, with you. Now, God had to prove that to him for him to believe before he rose up to do what he did. But that is the same thing with believers today is that we don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit that we have. We don't understand it. If we understand the power of God's Spirit that is given to us without measure, wow, you will know that we will do supernatural and wonderful things in the name of God, not with our own power or ability, but by the Spirit of God. So I want us to see Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1. Let's look at something. The writing of Paul the Apostle to the church in Ephesus. Beginning from verse number 15. Ephesians chapter number 1, beginning from verse number 15. I want you to catch this because this is very important. This is Paul writing, Paul the Apostle is writing from the prison, the Roman prison. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. Now, I want you to see his writing. Now, he says in verse number 15, 
Wherefore I also, from this translation I'm reading, the King James Version, he said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, verse number 16, he said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now let's catch this. Paul is writing. Because right in prison, he has received report of how they are saved. The faith of the church, the believers in Ephesus, their faith to God, not only their love for one another. Now, he is the spiritual father over the church in Ephesus. So now he needs to write to these new believers. Can you imagine this church, Elim? We go somewhere to the northern region of Ghana for a mission work. And out of that, we plant a church and we place somebody there to pastor the church. And now we return back. And after a few months, here comes report of that work. Now, we need to write now at the modern church to those new believers to encourage them. What do you think we should write to them? What do you think we should say to them? I can just imagine the church of today. Oh, we've heard about your faith and your love for one another. So therefore, we are writing to encourage you and to let you know that God will kill all your enemies for you. You're very sure that is going to be in our letters because if you see the way church is today, you can tell what they are going to write. Eh? That area is poor. My God, supernatural is going to give you houses and cars. You know, Pastor Jesse was trying to make a joke. That is what we always talk about. But when you look at Paul the Apostle, see what he's saying. Number one, my heart abounds with thanksgiving for your faith and for your love for one another. Not only does my heart abound with thanksgiving, but I do not cease to make mention of you in my prayer. So what is he praying for? Now come, let's see something. Verse number 17, this is his prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, what? The spirit of what? Wisdom and what? Revelation in the knowledge of him. He only asks for two things. That God will give to you all the spirit of what? Wisdom and the spirit of what? Revelation. Mm. Why did he not ask for cars? Why did he not talk about God will give you more donkeys? If no car then, donkeys. You know, or some horses, chariots. God will give you the neck of your enemy. And no, he didn't ask for those things. But he asked for wisdom and revelation. Two things. And these two things are not natural things, but these are spiritual things. God will give you these two things. You know why? Because Paul understood that if you have these two things, you will have every material blessing that is destined for you that will come your way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your enemies that are coming against you, if you have wisdom and the revelation of God, you will be able to overcome them and you will be able to live the God kind of life that you are destined to live. Wisdom and what? Revelation. So, 
Why do they need wisdom and revelation? I love one translation of the Bible. It said that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It says so that you will know him. So that you will do what? Know him. So without the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you can't know him. You can't know Christ. But mm, I come to think. These are not unbelievers. They are believers who have faith in Jesus and who have love for one another. But yet the prayer of Paul is that they will know him. So do they not know him? Because these are not unbelievers. Do they not know him? You see, that is one of the problems with church. Because we are saved, we think that we know him. There is a difference between salvation and the knowledge of God. Are you with me? When you read the writing of Paul to Timothy, for example, he said, make intercession and prayers for those who are in authority and so forth. But he goes on down, he says, for it is the will of God, not only that it is the will of God for you to be saved, salvation, he said, but that you come into the knowledge of the truth. Your experience of salvation is different with your encounter with the truth. Most of us know the name Jesus, but we don't know the person called Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why the Bible said in Matthew chapter number 7, On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do many wonderful works in your name? And yet, he said, I will say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. One translation says, you lawless people. He said, for I do not know you. Mm, that is so deep. Because these are not unbelievers. These are believers. Because the scripture said, they said, Lord, in your name, Jesus, we cast out devils. And demons left. In your name, we prophesy accurately. In your name, we did many wonderful work. In other words, we did many charity work. We gave bountifully of our resources. But yet Jesus said, I don't know you. That word, I don't know you, that word know is the Greek word epignosis. It means to have an experiential, intimate relationship. So in other words, these men traded with the name of Jesus, but yet did not know Jesus. Does that look like today a lot of people call the name Jesus, but yet they don't know the person called Jesus? A lot of people come to church not because they want to know him, but because they want miracles, signs, and wonders. And the moment they get what they want, they are gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see them faithful in church, prayer meet, everything, they are there. They are desperate. Lord, give me a wife. Lord, give me a husband. The moment they get it, they don't come again. You start chasing them. Why? Hello, where are you? Pastor, you know I just got married now. Before you know it, there's all kinds of excuses. Business, everything takes your time. We no longer understand the importance of fellowship. I was just studying something. I'm actually writing a book which will be out in December, the profile of a believer. And one of the things I discovered with the early church is their love for fellowship. When they got saved, 3,000 people got saved in a day. And the Bible said, and they devoted themselves, one, to the apostles' doctrine, two, to fellowship, three, to prayer, and four, to communion. 
But I look at that word fellowship. Today, there's a lot of neglect for fellowship. But yet the scriptures say, do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. But most people are finding reasons not to fellowship together with believers. But yet God said, do not forsake it at the manner of some are. Fellowship, hear me church. Fellowship is not just the gathering of an event. It's not just a social gathering. This is not just a social gathering. One of the things that binds us together is our relationship with Christ that demands that we come together as a body to express him here on earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why fellowship is so important for us so that we can grow in that area to know him more and more. Now, let's come back. Let's come back. Okay, the knowledge of him. So, well, number one, one of the reasons why they need a spirit of wisdom and revelation is so that they can have what? Knowledge of him. But let's go on. Verse number 18. It says, so that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. One translation says, so that light will come into the dark places of your heart. And when light comes, it says, now you will know the hope of his calling. Now, do you see something there? The hope of what? His calling. I said this yesterday. One of the reasons why you need spiritual empowerment, it is for you to fulfill your divine assignment. There is a calling upon your life. And now Paul is praying wisdom and revelation so that you will know what your calling is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Any man who does not know his divine calling in life cannot fulfill divine purpose. Any man who does not know his purpose is like a man walking in darkness. You don't know where you are going. You're just stumbling into any direction in life. Because there's a lack of understanding of God's purpose for your life. The moment you know the divine purpose of God for your life, it brings direction, it brings focus, it brings determination to pursue something. You cannot be distracted or derailed to the left or to the right. Why? Because you know what God has said and what God has assigned you for. Sometimes these things, you grow into it. That's why maturity is needed. You grow into it. Some people come to meet me sometimes and say, how do you know you're called into ministry? How do you know you're called as an apostle? How do you know these things you're doing? Interestingly, when I was born, my mom was part of so-called Church of God Mission. The late, somebody, somebody, late Archbishop Benson and Ahosa. Now I was dedicated by him. But we went to school, went to Christian school. If you ask us, we say we are Christians. But going to church and those doesn't make you a Christian. It was at the age of 14, going to 15, that I gave my life to the Lord. Interestingly, at the age of 18 years was when I started pastoring my first church. I was 18 years old when I started pastoring the church. My highest membership then was 96 members. I can't forget that number, 96 members. And you come in my 18 years, but I was pastoring those who were elderly people. Sometimes they come and look at me, they say, you, you small boy, you are not even as old as my last born, and you are here giving us this command. I'll say, yeah. I say, I'm in charge here, that's why I have to give generation. It was quite interesting then. But people began to ask, how do you know that was your calling? To be honest, I never went to a Bible school. Never went to a Bible school. No prophet came to me and said, Thou seeth the Lord, I have called you into ministry, this, this, this is yours. I said, no. 
It was just simply the hunger in my heart just to serve the Lord and be a part of everything you can think of in church. We were there. Seven days a week I was in church. I was part of every group you can ever think of in church. I don't know how to sing, but I was part of the choir. Today, I don't know how to sing. Some of you must have told, you saw the other two pastors, they were giving some song. You saw me, I don't give song because I just don't want to go there. So I, I love to hide behind the group just to make the numbers in the choir. We were there, we sang. First to come to church because the keys of the church was with us. We have to open the church. And we're the last to leave. Why? Because we must lock the church after they finish the meeting. Seven days a week we were in church. I went to school. From school, I came with my short. And every uniform come to the church. Spent time with the pastor. We prayed all night. That was my process of development and maturity until the opportunity came and I rose into that place to function in that arena where God wants me to be. I don't know whether you catch what I'm saying here. This is very important for us to understand. But let's go on. So you must know the hope of his calling and the call of God upon your life. And not only that, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? In other words, there is an inheritance in Christ for you. But I love this particular phrase here because I call it, it's a two-side coin. Now, not only this scripture, if you read, I think, the message translation, the amplified translation, not only does he say that you have an inheritance in Christ, which means this is where it deals with all your blessings, your prosperity, your healing, and every benefit in Christ. But he said, not only do you have an inheritance from Christ, he said, but you, yourself, you are God's inheritance. Do you understand that? So the other side of it is not only that I have something in Christ, but me, myself, I am the possession of Christ. So it's like when the Bible says you are the apple of his eyes, you are precious to him. In other words, God will guard you, God will protect you, God will see that no harm comes to you. Why? Because you are his property. So that is why you need wisdom and revelation to know who you are and the thing that belongs to you. But now, let's come to this area so that we understand this empowerment area too. Verse number 19. It says, and what is the word? The exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. I think the amplified translation, the message translation says, it says, so that you will know the greatness of his power that is available or that is in you and for you that is working mightily on your behalf. So Paul is praying that the Lord will give you what? Wisdom and revelation that you will know the measure of his power that is in you and for you. Come on, are you with me? Now he goes on to describe this power we are talking about. Verse number 20. It says, this same power is the same power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place far above 
all principalities and powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. So what is Paul saying? This power that is for you and that is in you is that it is the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the grave. Are you telling me that that same resurrection power that brought life to that dead body is in me and yet I'm still sitting down and hiding myself like one believer who is powerless? Does that mean that I have this power that raised the dead, that healed the sick and cast out the devil and yet people are sick around me and yet I'm calling the ambulance and others that we have not stood first of all to stretch forth our hands and to pray and to rebuke every sickness and disease. And to believe God for a supernatural move first. That nothing dies and nothing goes. Except the Lord say it is time for it to go. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So we need wisdom and revelation. So that we know the power of God that is available to us. Not just available to us, that is what? In us. Wow. The greatness of this power. This power is so great that it's above principalities, above power, above might, above dominion, and above every name that is named. Cancer is a name. It's above that name, that power. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? High blood pressure. This name is above that name. Failure is a name. This name is above that name. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? Disease, whatever it is, cancer, whatever it is, this name is above that name. And when we call that name hell, submit themselves to the power of that name, Jesus. Not which is in your family or in your village or in your bloodline can stand against the power of God or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we know we have that name behind us, with or before us, we ought to shout Jesus. And see God intervene in our life and turn our situations around for good and for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That power is in you and you are living back from here going back to Lebanon again with an understanding that you carry in you the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ that is why Paul said I can do all things through Christ who does what who empowers me you can at the power of God that is at work within you I am believing God that you will leave this place charged in your spirit these three days and know that you can do great and mighty things for God. Not for yourself, but for God and for his kingdom. And his name will be glorified on earth. That you will not die an empty man or an empty woman without making an impact in your world. When you understand the grace and the power you carry, you know that anywhere you come into, you have the power to change the atmosphere and to bring a realignment in the way things are. That you cannot even operate like Elijah. Who could show up and say to Ahab, There shall be no rain in the land. Not by the word of the Lord. He said, but according to my word. 
man, that man has audacity to make such bold declaration that his word has the capacity to change the atmospheric condition and said the heaven is shut. There will be no rain until I say that we be rain in this land. Do you understand? We don't know the power that we have. That is why the ungodly government can make decisions for us that stop us from gathering. We don't know our power. Because if we unite with the power of God and make some certain decree, I tell you, we will change the nations for the Lord. It will become like the book of Acts of the Apostle where they say, these men that turns the world upside down, they have also come into this time. Why? Because we operate with the power of God. And he showed back again and said, there shall be rain in the land and the heavens open. Wow. That power is in you. Not just only in me, not only in the pastor, but every believer has that power in you. Come on. Every believer has that power in you. So Jesse gave an example how he discovered the power was in him. The same thing I did when I was growing up. I read scripture in my name. If you believe, you will cast out devils. You will lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. And he said, if you drink any poison or things, it will do you no harm. So my mind was more on that deliverance own. Eh? So I started watching some videotapes. You see all these preachers, you see? They cast out devils. This is not magic. This must be the name of Jesus. So I believe. So I can cast out devils too. But have I casted out one? No. But I just believe I could. So one day there was a deliverance in church. I was young, I was about going to 16 years then. There was a deliverance service in church. People were delivered by the man of God who preached. So the next day, Monday, I was in church. I always come to church from school. So I was there, I was alone. And one of the young boys who lives at the back of the house, this, the church company came in and saw that I was there, walked into the church to meet me. He said he had a dream. What is your dream? So he started explaining that he had a dream, a nightmare, you know. He slept that night and in the dream, he came with a sock football with his friend to play football. You know our field here, you know, not those western fields, you know, those bushy fields. And when he came to play with his friend, they decided to choose the team to play. But they didn't choose him to play, but he owns the ball. So while his friends were playing the football, he sat by the side of the grass field watching his friend playing the football. This is a dream. But in the dream, he said he saw a snake, small snake coming to, you know, in the dream. So, you know, it was close. So he stepped on it and started running. And in the dream, the snake was chasing him. And while the snake was now about to bite him, that was when he woke up physically and screamed. Ah! Physically screamed and woke up from his dream. So he was scared. Some of you will be scared by that. Because you don't know what kind of dream is this. So those of you who dream, you see a madman chasing you with a matchet in your dream. Ah! You wake up. Thank God it was just a dream. It's not just a dream. There's a demon responsible. <laughs> huh? You know, some of us must understand the power of our dream. You know, when you dream, you wake up from that night, Jesus! And you now realize it was a dream. Ah, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It was just a dream. It's a prophetic revelation. And every one of you have that gift. Every one of you seated here. That is the easiest way God speaks to any man. 
opens your eyes and shows you things that are yet to come. And most of you have termed it nightmare. But it's a prophetic revelation to show you the works of the enemy, the plans of the enemy against your life. And sometimes it may not come exactly as you see it in the dream, but sometimes it comes exactly as you see it in the dream. But it's a sign that tells you there's an attack or whatever coming against you. What you do when you wake up determines whether that thing comes to pass or not. Most times you only say, oh, thank God, it was a dream, and you do nothing about it. And before you know it, you see it manifesting in your life. Say, hey, I had a dream of it, but what did you do? But the other hand also, you have those good dreams. Do you have those good dreams? Wow, you see yourself in this mansion of gold. I mean, everything, well, ooh, you have servant, and they are doing your manicure and pedicure. You are just relaxing. And while you are enjoying your dream, in the physical, somebody comes to wake you up. To tell you something that is very useless information. I used to have a small cousin like that. When I'm sleeping very early in the morning, I enjoy my, that is when he goes, brother, brother, he comes to wake me up. I say, don't ever. Sometimes when I'm praying and I enjoy my prayer, he comes and attack me, wait, brother, brother. What he wants to tell me does not make sense at all. So sometimes you want to try to go back into those dreams again, but you can't find yourself there, oh, you know. <laughs> I tell people it is also a prophetic revelation of the plan of God for your life that is ahead. The devil is aware of that and the devil will do all he can to stop it. When you woke up that and what did you do? Did you decree the manifestation of those things into your life by the word of God or you just say, ah, it was a dream and nothing happened? Come on, are you with me? So now let's go back, let me round up. So let's understand this, people of God. I believe since I read this scripture over the years and understood the spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation, every time I wake up in the morning, my prayer must always include, Lord, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. And that should be your prayer on a daily basis. Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Let the eyes of my understanding be open that I may know you that I may understand your purpose, that I may know the mysteries of your kingdom, that I may know your assignment for my life today, that I may know what you are sending me to do. do. I want to know wisdom and revelation. Lord, help me to recognize the power that is available in me so that I can release the power of God, not for a show, but to fulfill your divine purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I said this yesterday, the power of God is not for the show. And if I'm talking to leaders, I will be able to emphasize to leaders very well. Most leaders think the power of God is for the show. And that is why I wonder why we want to put camera on people who are manifesting demons and want to put it on television and show to the world. What is your name? Come on, where are you from? Oh, yeah, tell me so that we can tell the world how powerful we are. Right? Or when we are doing humanitarian service, we bring camera to show to tell the world, eh, we did this here, we did this here, we did that. But when you read scripture, do you know that Jesus gave authority and power to his disciples to cast out devils, heal all manner of sickness and disease, and the 70, and the Bible, and they came to him in the book of rejoicing how demons are subject to them in the name of Jesus. Do you know what Jesus said to them? He said, do not rejoice 
over those things that demons are subject to your name. He said, those things are not important. He said, but if at all you want to rejoice, rejoice over this thing, this particular fact that your name is written in the book of life. Are you understand what I'm saying? It will interest you to know that every miracle Jesus performed, he always tells his disciples, don't tell anybody. Keep, keep quiet, don't tell anybody. But those people will run out of excitement and go on and on. But yet he told them every time, don't tell anybody. Don't reveal it to anybody. Just go and thank God. And Jesus said to his disciples, if I be your master, do exactly as I have done. But today it's like we think the power of God is for the show. Eh? So we want to start TV ministry. Uh, TV means not to preach, but to show people that we can do like the people fall. We fall like, ah, before you know, we love it. And you know what? Most of us in church love those kind of things. Eh? A man come, he says his name is a prophet. I know every one of you is expecting he must prophesy. As long as he tells you his name is a prophet. So some of us think that God is like a radio. You just find tune him. Come, yeah, find the channel. Pay, pay, pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does hear the Lord? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, God is not like that. Are you catching what I'm saying? And guess what? Those men of God who are kind in nature, they form some prophetic word and give to you. And everybody gathers today when prophet gather. When prophet comes, the church is full. But in, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, when a true prophet of God comes, people hide themselves. Read your Bible. When the prophet of God shows up in town, everybody go hide themselves because they know he has come with a sharp prophetic word. Thus he the Lord. Even though he wants to bless you, but he adjusts you of your unrighteous way and set you in order before he releases a blessing upon you. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? So we must understand that God is raising a new breed of prophetic leaders. Not one that will come to tell you what you want to hear, but those that will tell you what you need to hear. A sharp prophetic word that aligns your heart to the will of God and to the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's get this. Now, in conclusion here, I touched on this yesterday, how to receive, but now I say how to activate that power. So in other words, my understanding of Ephesians chapter number one, the power is not hanging somewhere. The power is in us and for us, right? Come on, church, the power is what? In us and for. If you are born again here today, you have received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God is in you. I thought you'd be excited about that. I said the power of God is in what? In you. But now we have to activate that power in us to work. So how do we activate that power? And of course, I gave you some principles on that and the men of God gave some principles on that. But let me touch this a little bit. Spiritual power is birth out of spiritual hunger. Spiritual power is what? Is giving birth. Is birth out of what? Spiritual what? Hunger. It begins with a strong desire. It begins with what? A strong what? In other words, a strong feeling that is spiritually motivated. The lack of a burning desire will not inspire you to pay the necessary price for spiritual empowerment. 
when there's no desire in you, there's no burning, spiritually motivated desire in you, there will not be any willingness to pay the price for spiritual empowerment. Until you become frustrated with where you are spiritually, you will not do whatever it takes to activate God's power within you. You will not do anything to activate that power. If you're comfortable with your life, the way it is, living from one paycheck to one paycheck, and you don't get sick during the month. You only get sick when you receive your salary. Do you know some people are like that? They don't get sick till the end of the month. The moment the salary comes is when they get sick. So you take that money, you spend it on sickness. The moment the money finishes, you just wear automatically. Have you seen people like that? Or you don't get sick, but when you receive your salary, you always receive a sudden phone call from the village, from your family loved one, your younger brother. Uncle, mommy is sick, you better send money now so that she doesn't die. If not, you will come and bury mommy. So we need 1,000 CDs. Quick, 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 you send. Eh? The moment you send the money, if your mommy just well, automatically like that. You understand what I'm trying to say? Things always happen when the money comes. And that is why you wonder, you work hard, you are blessed, but yet you don't see what you do with your investment. Huh? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Man, you must come to a place where you say, mm, enough is enough. So let's go on quickly. Now, until you become frustrated with where you are spiritually, you will not do whatever it takes to activate God's power. In other words, I ask this question, how hungry are you for God? How desperate are you for God to use you? How willing are you to empty yourself for God to fill you? You must become like the woman with the issue of blood. See, for 38 years, the heart, this desperation, has, if only I may touch the hem of his garment, I know that I can become whole. And, above, and she came in the press. I mean, she has to press through her way, not to ask for laying of hand. Just let me touch the hem, for I know if I touch it, I'll be healed. And when she came in the press, touched the garment, something of the power left Christ and healed the woman. And Jesus said, who touched me? Peter said, Master, how can you say who touched you when there are thousands of people here pressing to touch you? Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. He said, for I perceive virtue has gone out of me by that touch from somebody. And the woman said, I am the one who touched you. And Jesus looked at her. I said, the Lord, your faith has made you what? Whole. You must be desperate to press. Come on, church, are you hearing what I'm saying? Like David said, as the deer pants after the water brooks, he said, so my soul longs after you. There must be a hunger. Like one in a dry and testy land, he said, I long after you. Have you ever been tested before? I mean, really test, you need water. Not food, you need water. You'll be willing to press. And finally, spiritual empowerment, the other men of God talked on this, is a product of prayer. Spending quality and quantitative time alone with God. Luke chapter 24, 
verse 49. Luke 24, 49. Can you put that scripture up there? Luke 24, 49. And also again, while that scripture comes up, let's stand on our feet. You must, hear me church, maintain a constant communion with the Holy Spirit. You must maintain what? A constant what? Communion, constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter number 13 verse 14. Okay, let's read this first. Now see what Jesus said to his disciples. And behold, I send to you what? The promise of what? Of my Father upon you. But what must you do? It's a tarry. Now wait in the city of Jerusalem until what? You are endued with power from on high. You are clothed with power. But how will this power come? Until you do what? Tarry. Until you do what? Tarry. Now wait in the presence of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up wings. Like what? And the scripture said they will renew their strength. Something that happens when you spend time. Waiting upon the Lord is not wasting of time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because waiting upon the Lord is positioning yourself in the spirit for divine empowerment to fulfill your assignment. Come on, are you with me? So we must learn to tarry in prayer in the presence of God. Pray in the morning if you can. Pray in the afternoon if you can. And pray at night until that power comes. Like Jacob said to the angel, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Where are the men and women who will lay hold on the altar and say, Lord, I will not go until your spirit and your power go with us. Lord, I will not speak until you promise me your power. Where are the men who will tarry at the altar for power? I read an article, a statement, a man said, the early church had no gold, but they had much power. He said, but the church of today, we have much gold, but no power. Because our priority is after the gold. But the early church, the priority was after the glory. And you know what? If you chase the glory, the gold will come as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Put that scripture up, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Just last scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. I'm done here. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Now listen, you know this is the prayer we pray a lot. Eh? Eh? You see this prayer we pray? Most meetings you go, this is the closing prayer. Let's say the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Right? We pray. But some of you don't understand that prayer. Three things there. One, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eh? And number two, the love of God. You know there are three things that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit mentioned there. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. One, the love of God. Two, but most of us know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Most of us always talk about the love of God, but most of us don't talk about the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. There is a fellowship of the Holy Spirit that you and I don't engage ourselves in. 
The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is a communion with the Holy Spirit. Pastor Gabby, after we finish, we're going to have fellowship. We talk to ourselves. When last did you have a communion with the Holy Spirit? Do you know if you have constant communion with the Holy Spirit, some of you will not invest in certain places you have invested in. Because the Spirit would have told you, mm, no, no. Most of us only fall into problems before we go to prayers. What we're supposed to pray before we ever started so that we can receive direction from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Check the early church. Mm, the apostles of the Lord could not go minister because the spirit, the Bible says, the spirit forbade them not to go. To preach the gospel. The spirit said, don't go. The Bible said, and they set course to go into another territory. The spirit said, don't go. But as they obeyed the spirit, that night was when the Macedonia call came. That resulted in salvation even to the Gentile nation. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? We must maintain a constant fellowship with the whole conclusion. Hear me, church. Pray more in the spirit sometimes than you pray in your understanding. I want to say it again. Pray more in the spirit than you pray in your understanding. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just open our mouth and amen. One of the things I said, how hungry are you for God? How desperate are you for him? How willing are you to empty yourself and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Can you just talk to God now in the name of Jesus? And say, Lord, create in me that spiritual hunger for you. Create in me that spiritual hunger for you. Let me thirst for your spirit. Let me hunger for your glory. Let me hunger for your the Lord in the name of Jesus and when that desire is in you the spirit of wisdom will come the spirit of revelation will come that you will be able to rise in the power of the Holy Spirit can you you lay your hands on your stomach and say Lord in the name of Jesus activate the power in me come on church activate your power in me for signs activate your power in me for miracles activate your power in me to fulfill my assignment your divine mandate upon my in the name of Jesus let that well be open let there be a stirring of the spirit let there be a stirring of the gift let there be a stirring of the power of God that is within you experience his power that renewing of the spirit of God that comes upon you a freshness of his power <laughs> thank you Holy Spirit even the burdens of your heart are being lifted now are being lifted now the weight the burden you've been carried by the spirit and by the power of God even those deep things emotionally in your soul that you struggle with thank you Holy Spirit set them free by the power of your spirit bring healing oh God fill them oh Lord even with that impartation of the spirit of wisdom and revelation let it rest upon the people come on church just receive it just receive it just receive it thank you Holy Spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the walking of your spirit in this place today. Amen.